Hey everybody, it's Pastor Dominic from Gold Street Garden Church. We're so thankful to have you on the podcast channel. Today's episode features a message entitled, The Fear of the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It also says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. This message has become a forgotten message in today's Christianity, and it's important that we get back to reverential fear of God that is the beautiful blend of knowing the true love of God is also knowing the reverential fear we must have towards Him. It says in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, that the fear of the Lord is our treasure. I pray that this message blesses you and takes you to a deeper reality of experiencing Him and all that He has for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, this is what we want to do. Uh, how many people are excited for the Word? To get rid I want to... What I want to do is we want to take these, these next few moments. I, I shared this at the very end of last week. I don't say this to scare people, but we did, I don't think we left till like 1130 last week. But that was a special night. That's not how we normally end. If it's your first time, that's not like that. Um, it was a special week last week. But at the very end, I said, uh, the Lord's been really dealing with me about the fear of the Lord. And I... We have to approach this the, the right way tonight, but I wanna, I wanna start with a scripture. And if you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter five. I wanna read one scripture to you that's gonna kinda set us where we need to go. But could everyone say the fear of the Lord? In Hebrews five chapter seven, or I, I apologize, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. It says this, Who in the days of his flesh, speaking of Jesus, when he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries, Jesus prayed vehemently, vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his Godly fear. Could everyone say godly fear? Did some of you even know this verse was in the Bible? I've read this verse many times, and sometimes it's a verse I don't ever even hear really get preached about, but did you, did you know the scripture didn't say Jesus was heard because he was Jesus? It doesn't say that Jesus was heard because of, you know, anything other than what? Godly fear. That Jesus' prayers were heard because of the posture of his heart was to fear God. Even though he was God, he came as a man to show us that if we want our prayers heard, that even Jesus had to have fear of God. And the reason I really have felt this impressed in my heart is because there's something about the fear of the Lord that our culture and what's going on in the church Nowadays, and I, when, when I say things, I want you all to know that I say this from a place of compassion. I say this from a place of, I want the best for the church. So whenever you hear me say things, it seems like it might be bashing the church. I am not bashing. In, in fact, I, I really pray, and I want us all to pray for the church as a whole. But because of the culture we are in, the, 
the church magnifies the love of God, magnifies the grace of God, magnifies the mercy of God, prosperity. And I want you to hear me. I believe we need to magnify that, right? Do we magnify the love of God? Absolutely. Magnify the grace of God, magnify the mercy of God. But I want to I want to charge you with something to make you think of things doctrinally. Did you know that the Bible tells us that we need to know sound doctrine? Everyone say sound doctrine. This doesn't just mean if a minister is preaching and he's rhyming and saying things really loud and I feel good means it's the word of God. Do you know how many talented speakers there are that people think are anointed? Do you know you, people are paid to hold a microphone and move a room to tears, move a room to think. This is not about that. This is doctrine means Jesus, you read the scriptures, and if you read Jesus' life, he would literally read the scroll of Isaiah, and everyone says, we've never heard anybody speak with such authority. All he did was read. But he was convicted about what he read. That he could just read the scriptures and it would move the whole room, cast demons out and everything. He didn't have to have an elegant sermon. He read the word because he believed it. And when he read it, it happened. This can happen for all of us. But he had a posture and it was he feared the Lord. So I say this, that if we magnify any attribute of God, the love of God, the grace of God, if you... if you magnify any attribute of God and that causes you to eliminate another attribute, that is demonic doctrine. I want to say that again. If you magnify the love of God and that means you eliminate the fear of God, you have no clue what the love of God is. If you have to magnify something in scripture to eliminate another aspect of scripture, you have no clue how to rightly divide the word of God. Because what happens is when you truly magnify one aspect of God, it should further reveal other attributes, not eliminate them. So I want to make that very clear because when it comes to the love of God, a lot of times people say, well, we don't need to fear God because we have his love. and we have." I want you to know fear of God is not just Old Testament. And we'll get to that. It's all littered throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Fear of the Lord. And some people even say, well, that doesn't mean to be afraid of God. I want to I address one thing here, okay? Hear me out. Yes, we're not a born again. Everyone say born again. If you've given your life to Jesus, yes, I'm not talking about being afraid of God. If you are not born again, if you are not, if you've not confessed Jesus as Lord, you should be horrified of what is down the pike. You should be scared. You should be horrified, petrified of what is coming if you do not know Jesus. Because when you stand before the judge, if you do not have the heaven, heavenly representative of Jesus to stand there. I, I was so moved today. Uh, I, I want to even encourage you. If you, can re, if you read scripture on a regular basis and you don't find yourself crying once in a while, I'm telling you, you're missing something. There should be a revival in your tear glands when you are reading scripture. When, and I'm not saying every time, but it might be. You might have this thing that you start reading and 
The Bible says that it that the word of God is a sword and it it cuts between soul and spirit. Do you know what your soul is? It's what you feel. It's what you think. And it separates it from what is truth, what is spirit. The word of God, you read it and you went, that's why. There's a lot of people that they read the word of God to be encouraged. They don't read it to be corrected. They don't read it to be rebuked. When you read the word of God and you start having this heart to understand that this is going to, this is going to do something to me. This is going to, this is going to transform my life forever. I, I mean, do you ever think about that? that when you open your book, did you ever, do you ever approach it that my life could change forever? Like, do you, I'm, I'm trying to challenge you to read the word with a reverence and awe. Because if you're not in all of him, you won't do anything awesome. You have to be in all of him. And that's why when, when you, this today, that when Jesus is teaching on the fear of the Lord, he says, he's talking to a bunch of people. He says, why do you fear man who can only kill your natural body, but you don't fear the one who can kill both your body and soul. You don't hear, you don't see that as a scripture people hold up and shout about. Jesus himself said, you fear man that can, you know, maybe take your life out in the moment, but you don't fear the one who can destroy both body and soul, eternal damnation. And you know what he says right after that? He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Jesus said this. And I got so moved reading that today in a good way that I started thinking about it. And I started having this thought that the, and I'm not, this is not a braggadocious thing. This is not, but the Lord started showing me all the times that I've been confessing him before my family. And I've been confessing him before people. And when I'm out at Wawa and when I'm at Walmart, I'm telling people about Jesus, constantly loving him, constantly saying, and I, I saw the Lord showing me, confessing him, confessing him. And then I saw Jesus and it was just like this, this vision. I'm not saying that I saw, uh, it was just like an aspect. And I saw Jesus before the father and me walking through the gates. And Jesus says, he loves us. He's like, father, he confessed me before everyone. I confess him before you. And it moved me to my core that because his name is on my lips everywhere I go, that my name is on his lips before the Father. That when I get to heaven, Jesus is saying my name before him. And it made me realize that there are people, even in this room, that you Treat your relationship with God like you kind of don't want anybody to know. You kind of are passive about it. And, you, you, you're, and I, I want you to know there's deliverance in this because Peter denied Jesus. He denied him. But when he repented and it got filled with the Holy Spirit, everyone say Holy Spirit. When he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he preached the first sermon and he 
died a martyr's death of being hung upside down on a cross because he didn't feel it was worthy to be hung the same way his Savior was. Something happened to him. But I'm here to tell you tonight that if you are passive about your relationship with God, if you don't, if you feel shy, I'm telling you, shy is not a personality trait. It's actually the enemy trying to keep you from being who you really are. Okay? Is that okay to say? That I'm not saying that everybody has to have a bullhorn. In fact, that's weird. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that if, if he is your best friend, it should be very obvious. Right? So that's the thing about, so there's three questions I want to address. I'm going to propose them and then we're going to answer them with scripture. Everyone say amen. amen. I'm not going to answer them with just nice little stories. We're going to look at the word of God and what does God have to say about the fear of the Lord and why is it important for us right now? And these three questions go like this. What is the fear of the Lord? I know I'm hitting it a little bit, but some of you might still be like, we talked about the fear of the Lord tonight, and you might not be able to tell anybody. You know, if some of us went to, a, a, if we were he, being taught the word, like we had to take a test on it, like our life depended about it, I think a lot of us would listen a lot more intently. We would study, we would go through things very meticulously and know, but everybody say, what is the fear of the Lord? That's question number one if you're taking notes. Question number two is, why is the fear of the Lord important? So say that. Why is the fear of the Lord important? And then finally, how do I cultivate the fear of the Lord in my life? How do I cultivate the Lord in my life? I want to hit these three things scripturally. Is this helping anybody already to understand that we need to have a reverence for his presence? I, I, there's so much we could say, but when it comes to what is the fear of the Lord, did you know in heaven right now, there are angels that are screaming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is and the one, or the one who was, the one who is and the one who is to come. Like they are screaming it. And did you know if just one of those angels, just one of those angels showed up in this room right now, we would all freak out if we could see them. All of them that we would freak out seeing, they're all screaming at their top of their lungs, there's no one like him. There's no one like him. Yet we can come to church, golf clap, sing the songs we like, wonder when announcements are going to be over, wonder when, you know, like we can get to all, we can have all these thoughts, but in heaven, there's no distractions from worship. They just behold him, and they're so moved that even the creatures that would shock us, all they want to do is scream holy, holy, holy. And this is why I kind of go back to this thing about people are like, you don't have to be afraid of God. I'm just here to say that if you look at any of the encounters in the Bible of people that had like, moments of seeing the Lord, none of them ended with, oh, that was just the most beautiful thing. <laughs> I have the warm fuzzies and it was dead man, fall like a dead man. Isaiah, when he saw the Lord, he said, woe is me. He said, I'm an unclean man amongst unclean lips. He was saying, and, and the translation for woe is me is destroy me now. He saw God and realized he was not ready to see God. But God in his mercy 
takes that coal from the altar, puts it on his tongue. And soon as Isaiah realizes and sees the mercy of God, what's the first thing he said? God says, I need to send a messenger. And Isaiah says, I thought I was about to die in your presence. I'll do whatever you want me to do, God, because I've seen you now. And I realize you're not playing games. You know what I'm saying? That people come to church and they, they have no reverence anymore. That even worship and everything, it's just, even in our culture, expressed worship is starting to become a trend. Like you'll look at videos like, oh wow, they're really into it. I hope that that never becomes us. We, we reverence his presence. We love his presence and we have, to, we have to honor it because if you don't honor his presence, all you have is a form of godliness but no power. You wonder why demons don't get cast out? No fear of the Lord. No fear of the Lord. No reverence. No, because he's the one that cast out, not your methodology. He has to be here. He has to do it. And I, that's why the angels, they even have, did you know the angels actually have wings purposely to guard them from his, his light? That's how awesome he is. That the angels, he actually created them to actually have protection from being able to withstand seeing him. This is God's mercy right now for us is that the Bible says Moses was like, show me your glory, God. And God's like, oh, I can't do that. You'll die. But we just like, yeah, like, come on, can I say something? You know, let's all church. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a karaoke thing sometimes with church in days. Like, we got to understand we're standing in his presence. It's very important that we understand who he is. Because if you don't understand who he is, you won't pray right. You won't live right. You'll live lawlessly. You'll live frivolously. You'll... If you want to know what the fear of the Lord is, the fear of the Lord is living like he's watching. If you can live your life and think that God's just going to the bathroom while you do some little thing and he didn't, really, I'm telling you, you, a lot of us kind of understand the concept that God's watching, but it's, we have to really allow it to influence our decision making. That's when the fear of the Lord gets really important. The fear of the Lord has to influence our decision-making. The fear of the Lord means that every decision I make is about his presence. That I'm conscious that, you know, in services, we, you know, our team and stuff, I'm very conscious that, like, even, that's why we let worship go a long time and stuff, because it's not just up to us to be like, all right, let's pull the cord. Did you know that there's services all over the world that they, they just, all right, it's time to stop. Time to stop. You know, time, it's like, are, are we sure he's okay? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is God doing in them? And I get structure. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying that sometimes we, we don't realize how we kind of form, formulate things. So with all this being said, I want to make this statement that the decisions you make are not as important as the motives you use to make them. You will not be judged on your decisions as much as you will be judged on the motive behind those decisions. Because how many people do the right things with the wrong motive? This is where the fear of the Lord comes into play. You don't mess around. 
There are certain things that other people wouldn't even think anything of. There, you see, the fear of the Lord in my life, there are certain things that, you know, some people are okay with doing, but I don't know about you, but the more the fear of the Lord gets revolutionized in my life, I can't tell a little lie because I know he hears it. I know that it causes damage. I know that it's things, like, you know, we got to be so watchful in our lives, how we, how we live, how we conduct ourselves. And I say all this because the more conscious we are to his presence, the more we're going to see the supernatural, which is what we're getting to. How many people want to see more signs, wonders, and miracles? It's all fear of the Lord. You read the book of Acts, it's all, it, it lays it out completely. So I know I've already shared about the magnifying of attributes. So what is the fear of the Lord? I have a, a few scriptures I want to share with you to help us really get this. But when it does come to fear in general, like natural fear, somebody being fearful, you have the Bible does speak against fear, doesn't it? Adamantly. So that's what makes it a little confusing sometimes. Like there's a lot of scriptures that say, uh, 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4.18 says that perfect love cast out all fear because fear involves torment. So God's love, and then all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, Jesus or God would say, fear not. It's a regular theme in the Bible about fear. Why would God be so adamant about that, but then talk about the fear of the Lord? It almost seems like that would be a contradiction. It would be, but here's the thing about fear that you need to realize is that there are grown men in this room and there's grown men in the world that they, they might have like a certain fear of spiders and a grown man that could be a working out and all this, see a little spider and scream like a little girl. Not because he wants to, because the fear makes a response that he can't control. So why does God so against fear in the natural and from the, the spiritual realm, from the demonic? It's because fear forces a result and a response from you that's not from him. This is why God tells you to get all fear out. But what does he say? He, he says, I want you to have a fear of me because when you know who I am, it'll cause a response that the fear of the Lord is literally a response to the revelation of him. That your whole life is a response to learning more about him rather than being fearful of other things. So it's not saying that, oh God, I'm petrified of you, but it's saying I'm so conscious to you that I want to know what you love and what you hate because that's why we'll get into something. But does that help everybody? So when you have, the Bible talks about not having fear of man, but having fear of God because why do, what do where do a lot of people make a lot of their decisions based off what other people want for them, right? Like family member pressure, friends pressure, different things. It might be spouse pressure where people are just at this place where the, the fear is causing them to react a certain way, to respond a certain way, when God is saying, I want to be the sole proprietor of your response in life and your reactions. You got that? So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, one statement that you'll hear, you've probably heard that is a very profound statement, is the fact that the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of wisdom, and that's found in Proverbs 9.10. It's the beginning of wisdom. So this is a very poignant statement, the fact that it's not the love of God that is the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of God because it's having an understanding of who he is that is what allows you to be wise. What is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is not just knowing how to do something. It's knowing the heart behind what needs to be done. And who wrote the Proverbs? Solomon. Solomon wrote the Proverbs. He was the richest man and the wisest man who ever lived according to the Bible. And he's saying that in order to even have wisdom, it begins with the fear of the Lord. And you know what David's last words to his son Solomon was before he took over his throne? He says, rule this kingdom with the fear of the Lord. He, he told his son to rule it. And when Solomon became king, you know what he does is God comes to him and says, ask me anything you want. And you know what Solomon said? He said, give me wisdom and knowledge and discernment on how to rule this kingdom. And what is Solomon asking? I want to rule this kingdom the way you rule your kingdom, God. This is the fear of the Lord. That this is the prayers we should pray. Lord, does this decision honor you? Lord, is the way I'm living honor you? Are my choices honoring you? Am I, you know, you have to ask these questions to truly know if there's the fear of the Lord in your life. If you think you can just do whatever you want, you don't have the fear of the Lord. That's called lawlessness. That we have freedom in him. Did you know he knows what's best for you? He, know, he knows everything, every detail. He knows what roads you turn onto. He knows everything. He can help navigate every area of your life. But what happens is that pride, which is something the Lord hates, which we're going to get to, is, you know, when we were talking about encounters, well, I'll, I'll wait on that. But if you turn with me to Isaiah 33, I want to lay hold of a few scriptures. Everybody good? I just want to make sure. Uh, is this, if, I mean, I'm blessed by hearing this, so I'm just making sure you all too. But, uh, I, you know, when we read Isaiah 33, I want to share, I want to share this real quick as you're turning there. I, you know, Jackie and I, it was just, uh, I think it was, we had, we had just a little tiff. Any married couples have just a little tiff? You don't agree on some? Does everybody have saintly uh, relationships? Like, we had a little tiff, a disagreement. And, you know, whenever Jackie and I have a disagreement, we take a few minutes to pray, you know, go about. And it was so funny. I drove to, uh, I drove right down the street uh, to like a park just to, you know, just to pray, you know, just to make sure I was where I needed to be. And we always challenge each other to pray, come back, resolve the issue. And it was so funny. I took a quick walk. You see, I'm letting you into my life. I took a quick walk around this, this neighborhood. And soon as I, I, you know, I come back to my car and I'm like, God, thank you for, for helping me. And I look in the car and there's my keys. I locked myself out of the car. And soon as I realized I locked my keys out of the car, it was like I heard the Lord said, we ain't done yet. You see, this is called the fear of the Lord. When you have a relationship with God and you think, all right, I had my little devotional, God's like, we're not done yet. And when you grow in your relationship with the Lord, that's what, this is the stuff that'll happen. He's like, you're going to walk around a couple more times. And I got some things to say. It's not just about you feeling better about what's going on. It's about, I got some other things to talk to you about. And when you have fear of the Lord and you have things 
that this is how you gauge a relationship with God. And in Isaiah 33, it says this. I want to make sure I have the uh, verse 5. It says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. You see this, that the fear of the Lord is a treasure. It's not something that, oh, I'm scared. It's, this is actually saying that this is where the wealth of the kingdom is found, in the fear of the Lord. Because Solomon, as we were just talking about, he asked for wisdom, he asked for this. In Matthew 6, what does it say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right before it says that, it says, didn't Solomon... Wasn't he wrapped in the finest gowns and everything? How much more will I take care of you? Because he's talking about seek the way that I operate. Don't make decisions on your own intellect. Fear me in a sense that you can live long, that you can have so much in your life to ask me, what do I think about this before you make this decision? Being conscious to him. Everyone say amen. amen. So the way that decisions are made, we went through that. So we want our decisions to be drenched in the fear of the Lord. Because here's the big reason people make decisions in the world. The reason the world makes decisions is because they have a fear of missing out on something, right? How many times have you made a decision because you didn't want to miss out on a deal? You didn't want to miss out on an opportunity? So the world makes decisions based off not missing out. Believers should make decisions based off not missing God. It's not about not missing out. It's about missing him. And that's where the fear of the Lord should be. You should be just like David, that when he committed one of his most heinous sins and had that affair with Bathsheba, that it says in Psalm 55, that prayer, you know what it says? Lord, don't take your spirit away from me. This was his prayer. He didn't, he didn't ask for consequences. to do it. He just said, I just don't want you to leave me. You see, that's the fear of the Lord. It's not being afraid of him. It's being afraid to be away from him. It's being petrified to not be with him. And you begin, as you, be, you grow dependent upon him, you can't live without him. Amen? It should be a, you should every day be finding a way to grow more dependent upon him, not more independent, not more prideful, not more confident in your own spiritual ability. That is... That is a shame to do that. You want to become more dependent. So everyone, uh, Proverbs 8.13 says this. We're saying, what is the fear of the Lord? Well, it says, the fear of the Lord is to, everyone say, hate evil. You're asking, what is the fear of the Lord? The scripture just told you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now, I want everyone to hear me very clearly. Hating evil honors God Hating people dishonors God. Hating evil honors God. Hating people dishonors God. And the church makes a huge mistake with this. You think you wouldn't have to say this, but there are so many Christians that they judge people. But they're, they're, they, they got to realize that it's the sin that God hates. God loves those sinners. He loves he loves the homosexual community. He loves the communities that we are, that people think that Christians are so against. We're against anything that is in, 
that ruins the identity of what God has paid for and who they are. Amen? That's where we're at. So it's this, the fear of the Lord is to what? Hate evil. We can't stand it. This is why, this is why when we do outreaches and things, and we just heard that we're helping families that are broken, that, that there's evil in the home, the enemy's reigning in our city with drugs addiction. Does that make you, shouldn't we hate that? Shouldn't we hate sex trafficking? Shouldn't we hate these things? It should cause us to be propelled into action. Amen? So a right Fear of the Lord will actually commission you into labor for the gospel like other things can. In fact, you should, the way that you love God should be the way you hate sin. I did a, I did a blog a long time ago, a, a blog a long time ago called Christians Should Hate More. And people won't like to hear that, but the truth is, is that the church has become so lenient and tolerable when it comes to evil things. Like, I, and I'm just, I just saw a video uh, that was passed along for, that there was, there was a drag queen leading worship at a church in New York and everybody was celebrating it and everybody was saying, this is awesome, this is, this is, do you know how demonic that is? Do you, do you realize how much evil is, 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 is attached to that? And the reason it is is because our culture has become more and more celebrating Feelings, celebrating the enemy's agenda. The culture is, is on puppet strings. And if the church doesn't say, we hate evil, we don't hate you, but we hate what the devil is manipulating your identity into. And we know if we preach this gospel and we even preach the things that you don't want to hear, the truth will set you free. But we need a... I, this is why there's parents that they're afraid to raise their kids in today's culture. I say, the Lord is saying that I trust you to raise them up with godly fear, to show them, to show this world that, that I, can, I can protect them if you honor me, if you show children that you will kneel before me, if you show children that you'll dance before me, if you show children that I'll pray and that I won't just let you be a passive thing for one day a week, but every day we lean on him, we depend on him, we show people, we reverence him. Do you, you, you hear what I'm saying? That this is not a time to just play around. I don't want to be a part of a church that just has nice little groups. And I, I want to be a part of a church that everybody is finding ways. How do we get on our face? How do we ask him what he wants for this land? What do we need, Lord? Where do we need to position ourselves? God, this is your building. We don't want to build a man's franchise. You said you would build your church if we reverence you, if we, if we truly have a revelation of who Christ is. Do you see that all the apostles, they weren't just saying, oh, how can I build my ministry? They were saying, we saw him raised from the dead. He showed us the scars in his hands. What do you mean? Nice little Bible. It's like, no. He's watching. He's coming. But he, he gave us a spirit on the inside to guard us, to guide us every day. I, I want you to hear me. The reason I, I have to preach the fear of the Lord is because I feel like it's a forgotten message. I feel like people explain it away. But I'm saying I want everything about him. If he tells me to fear him, I'll, I'll find out how I can fear him the best I can. Lord, I'll, give me a revelation on fearing you, God. 
Some people are like, oh, that's not what it means. I don't, don't tell me what you think. I want to know what he said. Don't give me your commentary, your watered down commentary. The Bible says, fear the Lord. Stop making excuses and ask for a revelation. Get in the scripture. What am I doing right now? I'm telling you what it is. I'm reading it. Fear the Lord. Hate evil. Beginning of wisdom. It actually tells you. You don't have to be like, oh, I need some calm. I need somebody to. No. It's right here. And it says, the, the evil he hates, everyone say pride. And it says an arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. You need to watch what's coming out of your mouth. I'm telling you, we did this in James. We went through communication as creation. There are so many people, you act like the words that come out of your mouth that, that you don't have to give an account for anything you say. It's almost like your, your mouth is a credit card with no limit. If you realized that every word that comes out of your mouth, you have to give, the Bible says for every idle word, you have to give an account for. So when you keep blowing in a conversation, talking about how cool you are, or talking about all these things, you should make sure that that was cleared with headquarters because that's not your tongue anymore. There's a lot of people, they just say what they feel. Well, you're gonna give an account for it. You might be saved and born again, washed by the blood, but Jesus could be like, what was this about? Give an account for every idle word. Did you know, uh, I, I love this statement from Minister Keith Moore. He says, the more selective you are with your words, the more effective they will be. There's a lot of people who could write that down. And I remember when I first heard the power of the tongue teaching, like just understanding what comes out of my mouth. I didn't talk for two weeks because I realized, wow, I just run my mouth. I'm tired. I, this happened. That, 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 that. God doesn't talk like that. He's, he's intentional with his words because they create. When he says something, it happens. If you don't view it that way, then yeah, you'll say whatever you want. You'll listen to whatever. That's why you got to watch what you're listening to. You got to watch who you're hanging out with. This is called the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a refuge. You know, because that's the thing is, you know, it's something as simple as that when it, when, as soon as it starts raining, what does everybody do? They, they get it, they get undercover. They just find cover because they don't want to get wet because they're, they're I'm, I'm, I know it seems, but they're, they're fearful to get wet. So they find refuge. So if you have the fear of the Lord in you, you will find refuge in him from the world that nobody would have to tell you. You would just say, I, I want to be under his wings. Lord, I I see that this world is going to hell and they're going, it's getting worse and worse. I need, to, I need to know you more and more so I'm not influenced by this. Did you know that that's why it's called spirits, demonic spirits. They find a way to influence the way you make decisions. This is why the world, this is why we're seeing more homosexuality. We're seeing more transgender. We're seeing more uh, just everything with, when it comes to all of the the agendas that, that happen, that people are just going down the line when it comes to more and more, and it's lying, and it's, it's cheating, and, it's, and all the greed that's happening. You're just seeing it go more and more, and it's because the enemy has everybody going down this path. But the Bible says that when it looks like the wicked are sprouting, just wait. Remember when the devil thought that he had Jesus on the cross? 
it looked like it looked like Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Like it looked like it. It looked like it was it was over. It looked like it was over, but it was actually the devil's worst mistake. That's why a lot of Christians, they're freaking out what's going over in the world. I just say, bring it on because I know what the book says. Jesus said, I tell you these things. It's going to get a lot worse. I tell you these things that you would have peace. But that's not what I see from the church. I say, oh, did you know what they did? Like, did you know we got to do the, everybody buy beans, go to the hills. You know, it's getting bad. I said, I brought that up before, but it's like, everybody's just like freaking out. Did you read this book? God didn't say go to the hills and buy beans. He said, preach the gospel to all men that we should get bolder. That when it gets crazier, we just say, you know what? Let's double our outreaches. Let's, let's throw it all. Like, like, let's go for it. Like, if the enemy's taking his best shots, why is the church just sitting by? We're supposed to be like, getting ready. The enemy's just preparing the aisle for the bride. We're going to use his head as the, the mat we walk across to get to Jesus. Use the devil's head for tread. But it's pride, arrogance, zero compromise. Everyone say zero compromise. Please, can, can everybody just say this out loud? Say, Father, teach me the fear of the Lord. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me to make decisions based off fearing the Lord. Amen. Let him begin to help you. I'm telling you, some of you are going to go home tonight and turn something on, and you're going to hear the Holy Spirit say, turn it off. You're going to hang out with somebody, and the Lord says, this is the last time you're spending this much time with this person. If he can't speak to you that way, is he even Lord? I know, and people are like, this is, this is really strong. I, I'm, not, I'm here to tell you, I have to give an account. The Bible says that teachers are held double to the standard. If I get up here and just tell you what you want to hear, and I have to stand before him and say, why do, don't these people know me? This is not a light thing. You know, I, in the natural, I'd rather do many other things. I'll tell you that much right, right now. The Lord... Had, I had such an awesome call today. Somebody called me I hadn't talked to in years. And they called me. I got this weird text over the weekend. Somebody said, is this Don Butler? And I'm like, if you don't tell me who you are, I'm not responding. So I didn't even get back to it. I was like, that's not how I would do it. I would say, this is who I am. Are you this person? So I was like, I'm not getting back to this. Just forgot about it because I have, if you saw my phone, I get 40 texts like every, all the time. So it's like, I was just like, I just let it go. And then today, somehow that same number called. And you know, somebody was out on the streets this past Saturday up in Virginia. And they're up in Virginia. And they were somebody that used to go to ATM, our, our college and career group years ago. And he was out on the streets and he never wanted to come. It's not that he didn't want to. He just never came with us when we would go out on the streets. He's out on the streets at a church up in Virginia, and he says he's out on the streets, and he just thought of me because he's like, you know, I'm so thankful. There was this guy that would go out all the time, 
years, like 10 years ago, he would go out all the time, always faithful, always doing it. And now here I am, I'm doing it. And I remember, and he, he happened to look us up and he saw that we're connected with some of the ministers with Alan Hood and stuff like that. And he's like, you're still going after it. You're just, you're, you're like nonsense. And I was like, it's not me. It's him. He's done something to me. And I just don't know how to stop. It's not by my own strength. But it was so encouraging to hear people don't see your faithfulness. They don't, they don't always know. But then years later, you'll find out that you're yes, that you're continuing to show up. You're continuing to be there. It ministered to somebody. And that you thought it wasn't even registering. And, and then years later, the Lord's like, hey, you remember, you remember Dom that was going down the street? You call him and honor him right now. <laughs> and, I, I don't even, and I was just like, man, it's so it's good to hear from you and just talk. But you don't realize what your yes is doing. But the fear of the Lord keeps you on the narrow path. That even when, and I love, and speaking of Alan Hood, he even brought it up. He's like, I've pastored. And he said, half of the room will, will love me. And the other half will think that they could do it better than me. And then in a year, they'll flip-flop. He's like, people are always changing. But if you do it to him and you don't worry about everybody else, you have no fear of man. You just keep saying yes to him. Say amen. So I want to make this quick just to, to hit this. How many think we need to talk about the fear of the Lord a little bit more? I want to just make sure. And then it says here, everyone say, why is the fear of the Lord important? I'm just going to... I want to just breeze through these because I want to get to the altar to let the Lord really do a, a, a ministering work in our heart. But why is the fear of the Lord important? I'm going to just read some scriptures to you if you're taking notes. Proverbs 14, 26 through 27 says, In the fear of the Lord there is a strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. We've been saying that. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. These are powerful scriptures. Proverbs 15, 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. In the New Living Translation, it says inner turmoil. Psalm 99, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. I love that term because what does it say? Who shall ascend upon the, the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. When you fear the Lord, it keeps you making clean decisions for your life. That you don't need people to, to tell you. You just have this sense, I, I, I got to stay clean. And he helps me. He guides me. He, he, he helps me to say yes to what I need to say yes to and no to what I need to say no to. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. That the fear of the Lord brings satisfaction to your heart. He will not be visited with evil. Psalm 25, 12 through 15. Oh, let's read this. Does anybody love the Bible? Psalm 25, 12 through 15. It says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach, God will teach in the way he chooses. Those that fear the Lord, God will teach them, but it's the way he chooses to teach them. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. How many want to know the secrets of God? How many, when you pray, you want to hear things before anyone else does? You want to know what's going on. It's those that fear him. And it says, he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Exodus 20 18 through 21, you could just put in your notes, but when Moses was, 
went before the Lord. They didn't want to see him, but the Lord said that, stop, he said, come before me and fear not because I want to see if my fear is in you. Doesn't that, that sounds like a contradiction, but God was bringing them before him and it says that the reason he wanted his fear in them so they would stop sinning. So God reveals himself to actually ruin your appetite for sin. That it's not you trying not to sin. What you need is a revelation of him. It'll destroy your, your, your love for sin. It'll destroy it. That's why we got to worship. And, and that's why we got to be so watchful. Sometimes people get so into like different therapies and counseling and all these things. I'm telling you, if you see him rightly, if you don't see Jesus clearly, you won't see anything correctly. If you don't see him clearly, you won't see anything correctly. He has to be the lens. And what you see, oh man, Isaiah 11 is amazing. <laughs> Go to Isaiah 11. And we are, we're wrapping up, I know. Lord, I won't rush you. Isaiah 11, verse 3 says, His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And actually, i got to back it up, verse 1, because it's talking about Jesus. It says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. It's talking about Jesus. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Did you know that the fear of the Lord is the seventh spirit that's listed here? Which means completion, perfection. That it's the final one listed because right after that, it says his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with, with uh, equity for the, the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins of faithfulness, the belt of his waist. The wolf will lay with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. Why does it start going into all these things? Because it's saying the fear of the Lord actually makes all of creation stop being hostile. Even the animals, the fear of the Lord causes everything to go back to the garden of Eden where there was, no, there was no blood, there was no violence, there was no attack, that the fear of the Lord actually causes there to be such a purity. And we wonder why there's so much problem with sin in the church and sin with this. There's no fear, but there's no desire for it. You see, tonight I'm preaching it to give you an appetite for the fear of the Lord, because if you don't hear about it, you won't have a desire for it. That this will help change our our prayer life and worship team, you can come. But I wanted to, the last one is how do we cultivate the fear of the Lord? To answer that, Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says that we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. When's the last time you read the word and you're like, do you know what I mean? I hope you get what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be theatrical. I'm saying that sometimes I read this at home or I read it and I, 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 I talk to Jackie or I, I go to a place where I'm like, this isn't happening in my life. I got to work on this. And I start, I literally tremble in, 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 my, in my sense of understanding that, God, I'm doing things that dishonor you. I'm doing things that you don't love. And you paid such a price that I would honor you 
And you've given me the ability to, I don't have to, I don't have to self-will it up. You've actually given me the spirit to be able to obey your will. Aren't you thankful for that? That God doesn't ask you to do anything he hasn't empowered you to do. I'm not here tonight telling you all need to have fear of the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, he wants to help you. He wants to help you walk in this. The other scriptures, Proverbs 2, and like we, we keep turning these. How, how many people are thankful that we just, we look at the scriptures? Are you glad that I'm not just giving you my opinion tonight? Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So what is it? How do you find the fear of the Lord? How do you live in it? I want to read it again. My son, if you receive what? My words. So what do you need to do to get more fear of the Lord? You gotta read the word. You gotta read it for yourself every day. Receive it. Treasure my commands within you. What do you do with things you treasure? You have passwords for them. You don't let other people have access to it. What has the psalmist said in Psalm 119? He says that I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Why does he hide the word in his heart? Not to hide it from people, but to hide it from being stolen. He hides it to a place that nobody can take it from him. Can people talk you out of the word? Can people talk you out of your relationship with God? If you treasure him, they can. So incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, what should we be doing right now? God, give us discernment. Help us to not make decisions based off selfishness. Help us not to make decisions based off what other people want. Help us make decisions based off you. Help us live a life that, what if you lived every day like you had to stand before God at the end of the day and say, God, I, I, I hope that that blessed you. I hope that my day blessed you. You know what I'm saying? And then it says, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Next week, we'll talk about the early church and how the fear of the Lord caused the church to multiply. Are you excited about that? We'll talk about the early church next week. This is the only thing I wanna say in closing, and I'm actually, we're gonna get one testimony before altar call, because it's gonna be so perfect for this moment. I'm here to tell you, just be patient. I'm telling you, your life will be changed I know it's a little warm in here that they're getting the AC fixed. But I'm telling you that there's people that sit out in Africa's sun to hear the word of God. And this is the thing. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, a lot of things bother you that shouldn't. Your joy is only as, your joy is only as long as your patience. So Abraham when God said, take your son whom thou love, he believed God for 25 years to have his own son. He was 100 years old. Could you imagine being 100 years old and finally having a child? Waiting 20, you see God's timing is perfect. You know how, you know everybody says that? God's timing is perfect. Say, say that to Abraham. Maybe your idea of God's time is perfect is actually selfish. God's timing usually is not perfect on our schedule. Our schedule, like, things sped up or things like that. But 
The thing that God does with Abraham is he believes God for 25 years for this son to come through Isaac. And then his son is a young teenager and in in Genesis 22, God says, take your son who you believe me for, sacrifice him on the altar. Did you know Abraham? If you read Genesis 22, Abraham doesn't say, come on God! All this time, 25 years, he's a young boy. What, what it, come on. It says, Abraham rose up early the next morning. It says, we're going to worship. Everyone say, unquestioned obedience. Where am I going with this? Do you know when you read Genesis 22, when he's about to slay his son, do you know what God says through the angel to him? He says, Abraham, Abraham, don't. Don't lay a hand on your son because now I know the fear of the Lord is in you. Now I know that you don't ask questions to get out of things. Now I know that you're not obeying just your feelings. Now I know that I mean the most to you and that even if I ask for the most precious thing in your life, that you will give it to me without question what is the fear of the Lord I'm here to tell you that we do not know but he is going to be asking for people's Isaacs in this room but the good news is is he gives it back because he's such a lover but he gets you to a place where you finally let go you finally realize he is completely in control. So what I want to do right now is I want everybody to close.